before that, Aaron. Um, we're really blessed. And so um, this morning, um, there's, there's a few announcements, but we'll m- make them before we uh, uh, into the next session. Um, without any further ado, I really want to invite, um, I want us to invite and uh, welcome Pastor Aaron Williamson as he comes to speak to us this morning. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. And thanks for coming back. That's always a good sign when people come back. And I, Kristen's going to come up and take the first half of this session, and she's going to share a little bit of her story. Last night I shared uh, part of my story and my journey, uh, which I trust connected with your heart and kind of opened some things up for you guys. And it's great to hear some testimonies of people getting healed last night as well. I was speaking to one lady, I don't know if, she was, if she's come back. But, uh, but she got healed from seven years worth of pain in her knee. And she was, the, we, had, we had the word of knowledge about cartilage being damaged in the, I can't remember if it was the left or the right knee now, but it was one of the knees. And, uh, and so I'm not sure if the cartilage got restored, but her pain level went from an eight to a zero. And so seven years she had that pain and God healed her like that. Isn't that incredible? So we're, I just really release that. If you've got pain right now, even in your knees, just watch and see whether or not God heals you. But we're going to, so just to give you a little a heads up as to where we're going with this, this morning isn't so much about what we're going to share because we want to activate you guys. We want to give you guys some space to, to tune in and connect to the voice of God and do a couple of exercises to help you hear the voice of God in a clearer way and then also get you prophesying and, and activated in words of knowledge with each other. Is that okay? All right. Excellent. So that's where we're going to go this morning. I'm going to invite Kristen up, and she's going to share. Why don't you give her a hand? Thank you. How are we? We good? Yeah. I lo- it feels like family being here. I know Aaron said it last night, but I want to say it again. I just want to thank you and honour Pastor Janet, Pastor Keith, Pastor Brian, and Pastor Erica. We, you know, we're invested in Newcastle. We may have moved to Sydney, but we are so invested with what God is doing here. Amen. Who knows that God is doing something? Aaron shared stories. God is on the move. He is doing something in his church, in his bride. And and more than ever, God is joining together churches, regardless of streams, denominations. He's pulling us together as his sons and daughters, amen, to unleash his kingdom on the earth. And we're all a part of that. And it's awesome. Amen. So I'm going to share a little bit about just a a snippet really of my journey. Aaron shared a bit of his journey. We thought we kind of knew what we were in for when we moved to Sydney. Ha! (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Who knows that God has a real sense of humour? Yeah. So I'm going to share that. And you know, it's important to share what God does in your life, being vulnerable and real about our journey because we carry authority in what we get breakthrough in. So if we're never brave enough, if we're never vulnerable enough to share that we're holding back glory from God because what he does in our lives the breakthrough that he gives there's an anointing that we carry to then release it to others amen and so that's what that's that's the power of a testimony that's the power and the importance of our story and so that's why Aaron shared last night and that's why I'm sharing this this morning and I love that you've called this spirit and truth I had a smile because those two words actually speak from a scripture that God has used to minister to me personally over these last four to four, or three to four years since our transition to Sydney. And I'm going to share that with you right now. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16. And this is the scripture. It says, but when he, everybody say he. 
the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. I'm going to share it from the Passion Translation. Who loves the Passion Translation if you've been exposed to that? I spend, I know I say it all the time, but it's true. I spend just as much time in the footnotes as I do actually in the scripture part. But the Passion Translation words it like this. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and will reveal it to you. And in the footnotes, Brian Simmons says, the Greek word for truth is reality, not doctrine. It is the application of truth that matters, not just a superficial knowledge. Powerful. You know, I have always loved Jesus. I have. Since I met him as a young girl, I've loved him. I've loved his word. I've loved his presence. I've loved spending time in prayer. I've loved him. And as newlyweds, uh, we pushed into God big time. We were hungry. We got our hands on every book that we could get, reading of the old generals of faith, Wigglesworth, Moody, John G. Lake, teaching tapes. Anybody remember tapes? Yeah? Tapes that you'd have to, like, stick a pen in and, like swizzle around to fix and VHS video yep absorbing every kind of teaching that we could get because we were just so hungry to know him so hungry to know him and all our married life we've been in ministry coming up on 19 years this year 19 years married we've been in ministry all of that time and I wouldn't change that for the world you're the same you wouldn't change it for the world would you we've seen a lot grown a lot experienced a lot been challenged a lot and stretched a lot but over the last four to five years I came to see and learned some not so helpful ways of thinking and believing I had some not so helpful belief systems anybody have ever had some of those in your life that would end up actually being some blockages to me um, and for me with the new that God was wanting to transition us into in Sydney you know, now, now these unhelpful ways of thinking and believing uh, are no one's fault. They're not necessarily the result of bad teaching or bad leadership, but more a result of the wrong conclusions that I had drawn for myself. The wrong, you know, without side Jesus, who knows that life happens? Let's just start there. Life happens. People happen. Church happens. Amen. Church happens. And we're left to process some of that stuff. And if we process that stuff without Jesus, if we don't invite the spirit of truth into our process, we're left with our own opinions to draw conclusions about what has happened. And we come, does that make sense? We're left with our own wisdom to come up with explanations as to why something did happen or why something did not happen. It's incomplete. And so I, I, I've come to recognise that I had left him out of the so many of my equations. And I don't have time to really go into a whole lot of detail about that, but I was left with some blockages that were soon exposed as we entered into this new season. And I just want to give a word of encouragement to you. Sometimes it's not until we actually step into a new that those things are actually exposed. And we can interpret that woo, as a bad thing. I know, wow. Ninja. <laughs> I'm going to need to hold these now. I'm going to be a little bit... Um, what was I saying? 
Oh, the new. Right. So we can step into the new and all of a sudden we can get a little bit disturbed in ourselves and we can see, oh, I'm in the wrong place. I'm not meant to be doing this. But actually, sometimes God waits for us to get out of our comfort zones, to step into something new because that's when it'll resurface. When we're back in our comfort and with what's known and what's familiar, we're operating what we, in, in what we already know. Amen. And so sometimes it's when we do step into the new that all this stuff comes to the surface. So be encouraged. It's not necessarily a bad sign that you're doing the wrong thing, that you're not the right person for the job. It's God doing something new in you. Amen? Be encouraged. And so that's where I was. (laughs) And I'm not talking about everybody take a breath. I'm not talking about some kind of moral sin or something that was revealed in me when we moved to Sydney. Not that. (laughs) It was more just the wrong unhealthy mindsets about church, about the spirit, about ministry, and about leadership. (laughs) And to be brutally honest, I'm going to get raw, like Aaron was raw with you last night. We can do that, right? Be vulnerable with each other. I did, and I, you know, I did have (laughs) an alive and thriving relationship with Jesus and the spirit in my private world in his presence at home, in the word, in scripture, in prayer, absolutely. But translating that into the corporate world of church, I played it safe. You know, I was more inclined to stick with what I felt was safe, what was predictable, and what I knew would work. And I'm just being honest this morning. You know, I'm a highly organized person. You know, I'm your post-it note girl. I, you know, have lists and labels for everything, right? Lists and labels for everything. And so that kind of spilled over into my ministry and how I would lead. You know, and not that that's a bad thing because we need to be organized, amen. We need to be organized and clear and have a vision and know where we're going and all of that kind of thing. But my need to control details was a really high priority for me. I needed to control the details. Why? Because, you know, it prevents your weaknesses from being exposed when you control the details of things. Mind you, I, don't, I wasn't controlling people. It was just the, the details of things. So the tasks that I was responsible for, I overanalyzed everything and wanted to make sure that I dotted every I and every T. And it was so that I didn't want my weaknesses to be exposed, so that I wouldn't find myself standing in front of a room of people or in an auditorium of people looking stupid or like I didn't, didn't look like I knew what I was doing. And I wanted to reduce at all costs the risk of making a mistake. Has anybody ever felt that before? Or am I the only weird control freak in the room? (laughs) But the problem with that is that it leaves little to no room for the Holy Spirit. It really does. You know, and sure, you know, I want to qualify. He absolutely would be involved in the process when I was, you know, preparing messages and in ministry. Absolutely. But it was still to a certain point where I was majority in control. You know, every time when I was ministering, absolutely, I knew what it was to minister with him. But if I'd got an unction to go some way, I wouldn't be inclined to go there because I knew how this was going to play out. Is that making sense? So in a way, I had viewed, not consciously, I don't think, that I was, that it was I, me. I was leading. I was ministering. You know, it was our ministry. And God was wanting to bring a big shift in my heart where I would come to see that, no, no, no he's leading it's him that leads it's it's his church these are his people it's his ministry and the reason that I read that verse to begin with was because I actually didn't realize that that's what I thought I actually at the core of me thought that I believed that 
you asked me five, six years ago, I would have said, absolutely. It's his ministry. It's his church. It's, it's him. But like that scripture said, the Holy Spirit, the truth-giving spirit, he leads us into all truth. He has the ability to show us and shine light on what we just know as superficial knowledge, what we agree with. It's actually not a deep-seated belief that we're actually operating and living from. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's what he was doing in me. You know, and I don't want to misrepresent what, you know, you to misunderstand what I'm saying. Because we absolutely need leadership in, in ministry and in church. Amen. We, we need vision. We need clear boundaries. Because we need to love and serve and lead the people entrusted to us. But what I was learning in a very hard and fast way was that I wasn't called to just implement leadership principles. I wasn't. That as his sons and daughters, we're to steward a person. Everybody say person. We're to cooperate and partner with a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And my reliance on lists and programs and principles would, you know, it might bear some fruit because it all originates from the word, amen. But at the end of the day, it was going to be powerless or, or at a much lower level of the power that is made available to us. Amen. Oh, ninja skills. Yeah. <laughs> so I was coming into a time where, you know, I was being challenged to learn, to let go a little bit and, and learn to, what it is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit more and more as I ministered. And it's not that our ministry before that was bad or unfruitful. No way. No way. We'd moved in the prophetic and we'd seen God do amazing things. But who knows that new seasons require new wine. Amen. New seasons require new wine and new anointing. And God will not pour new wine in an old wineskin. He won't do it. He won't pour new wine in an old wineskin. The Spirit, like it says in John 16, says, will lead us into truth. And I'm seeing that more and more in my life, that it's a continuation. We don't arrive at truth. It's an ever-increasing truth. Amen. Higher and higher levels, greater and greater revelation, more and more. And what, what he requires of us with each new level of revelation, with each when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals more truth to us, he requires our cooperation and our yes. Amen. He requires our cooperation and our yes. And it may require us letting go of some things that may have worked for a time, some strategies, some ways of thinking that got us to where we are, but it's not going to help us. He's inviting us into something greater. Amen. A new level of surrender, a new level of yes, and a new level of letting go to take hold of the new. Amen. See, the kingdom that we're called to represent, you know, it's a tangible thing. It's a weighty thing. It's a, it's a, a transferable thing because it's a person. It's a person that we're transferring, that we're releasing. Amen. It's a substance. The kingdom we're called to unleash on the earth is not just to be known and studied and taught about. It's to be experienced and encountered, amen, and reproduced and released into people's lives and into atmospheres. It's a weighty substance. So it can't ever be just a transference of information. It can't ever be that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 to 5, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that, <laughs> everyone say, so that, your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Amen. We as leaders and ministers, we don't gather people to ourselves. We don't gather people to a name. We don't gather people to a message. We gather people to Jesus. 
Amen? We set up a divine introduction with people who do not know him to the Son of God, to the Spirit. Amen? My blockages were rooted in fear. And I love that the band worshipped to that song. Aaron and I, I leaned over to me and he goes, God's so clever. He sets us up well. My blockages were totally rooted in fear. And I believe this morning that fear is going to be broken off some of you this morning. The fear of man. Do you know how toxic the fear of man is? It is so toxic. What will people think? What if I get it wrong? What if it doesn't look perfect or polished? And the more, they were my thoughts. They were my thoughts. And the more I brought those to God, you know, he slowly gave me a new way of thinking. And I'm not there 100% yet. No way. But I'm on the way. (laughs) I'm on the way. You know, when we think like that, you know, he was showing me how much of the emphasis was on me. It's on me. It's on my ability, on my gifting or my lack thereof, which was a huge one for me. I can't do this, God. (laughs) But the emphasis is on me and the emphasis should be on him. Always. His ability. Amen. What he's doing in the room. Not what I'm doing in the room. What are you doing in the room? How can I partner with you, Holy Spirit? We are called to steward and release his presence. But you know what? We can't release what we don't know, what we're not aware of. Bill Johnson teaches that. We, you know, we reflect and we release what we are most aware of. If our knowledge of the kingdom remains just as knowledge, there is nothing to transfer other than information. But if we are willing to step into the fullness of what Jesus died to give us, amen, the Holy Spirit was our promise. He was our promise. He is, in our, he is our inheritance, That, like Aaron unpacked last night. If we're willing to go there and receive him in his full, fullness, which is truth, amen, he's never going to lead you into a lie. He's never going to lead you into, a, into fear. He leads you into truth, his perfect love. If we're willing to go there with him, then we'll find ourselves ministering from that place of relationship and power, amen, that is the kingdom. He is the kingdom. He is what we're stewarding and releasing. And so I just want to finish with this this morning. Again, in the Passion Translation, John 14, if you want to flick there, although this will translate a little bit different. This is Jesus speaking. You know, the disciples have come to depend on Jesus and love Jesus, and he's about to leave. And they're like, we can't, you know, you can imagine the anxiety that was stirring in them when he was talking about going away. We, but we need you. We can't do this without you. And Jesus is trying to help them to see that it was good for him to go away because the Spirit was going to be everything that they needed. And so this is what he's saying. This is their promise. It's our promise. And Jesus is saying, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. Does anybody else find that beautiful? He will be a friend just to you, just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and he will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. That's your promise. That's my promise. And what I love in the footnotes again, thanks Brian Simmons, he says this, the Greek word used here is parakletos, which we've heard before, a technical word that could be translated defense attorney. It means one called to stand next to you as a helper. Various translations have rendered this counselor, comforter, advocate, encourager or helper. And if you're familiar with the Amplified, it's got that there in the parentheses next to it. However, none of these words alone are adequate and fall short in explaining the full meaning. 
The translator has chosen the word saviour for it depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to protect, defend and save us from ourselves and our enemies to keep us whole and healed. He is the one who guides and defends, comforts and consoles. Amen. There is a grace this weekend, this morning, right now, I feel for an upgrade in our relationships with the Holy Spirit, with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. How can we minister in and through him if we don't know him? We need to know him. Amen? Know him. Not know him as information, not know him as a theory, but know him. Know him. Amen? How well do you know him? Do you know him as counsellor, comforter, advocate, encourager, helper, the one who guides, defends, comforts and consoles? He reveals truth. He is peace. He brings joy. He equips us for ministry. He is wisdom and revelation. And even if you do know him, there's always more. And I believe that that's the challenge this morning. That's not the challenge. That's not it. It's the invitation. Maybe this morning you've known him as comforter. You've known him as that. But have you known him as your guide? Can you hear him? Can you hear? Do you have, have you accessed that, that part of your relationship with him where he's got wisdom for your life, for the daily decisions that you're making and facing? Amen. And, you know, I pray this morning that there would be an increase in that for you. Amen. That we would know the person of the Holy Spirit. And be better positioned to be able to partner with him and release him. Amen. Amen. That's what I wanted to share. Excellent. So just before we move on, it's going to go after a few things there that Kristen spoke uh, on uh, with regards to the fear of man. Let me just read this out. Yesterday morning when I was praying for you guys and praying for what God wanted to do, I had this picture of... Uh, of a ballerina dancing, which is very, very much unlike me. I'm not that way inclined at all, and I definitely do not dance. But I just got this, inc- I was just overwhelmed by the sense of freedom that this dancer had dancing unrestricted, uninhibited, almost that picture of David dancing before the God. He, he, there was not a care in the world. He didn't, wasn't worried about anyone else, what anyone thought, completely fit, free from the fear of man. And I just, I just got this that I've written down. What does freedom look like? What has been placed on your life that... Actually, I've missed it. I've started the wrong place. What would it look like for you to be totally free? Completely free. Free from expectations, pressures, the fear of man. Maybe just now you just close your eyes and start to picture. What would it look like for you to be totally free? Free from expectations, pressures, the fear of man, having to please others, having to perform, no programs to follow, no schedules to fulfill, free from having to look and act and speak a certain way, what would that look like? What would it look like if you were free to be who you were created to be? What would that look like? And this morning I believe that God wants to bring an alignment back to that true north. You are not your expectations. You are not the expectations placed on you. You are not your schedule. You are not the tasks. Before you are a minister, before you are a leader, before you are a pastor, you are a son and a daughter. And it's believed that God wants to bring an alignment back this morning. He wants to break off the fear of man and the weight of those expectations. Jesus said that I have come and take, take my burden 
my burden, my yoke is light and easy. And many of us walk through our Christian life carrying weights and burdens that we were never built for. We're carrying weights and burdens that our bodies physically and spiritually were never meant to carry. And there's freedom available this morning. So just quickly, we're just going to release a corporate prayer over you. But if that's you, if there's a fear of man that you want broken and need to perform, if you just feel that there's a greater level of freedom that God is wanting you to step into, just quickly lift your hand right now. Awesome, that's a lot of people. Very good. If you feel to, why don't you just stand? I'm just going to ask Alex and Julie perhaps walk around the room, just lay their hands on a few people as well and assume the pastors and leaders here. Victory and NC. All right, we're going to pray. In Jesus' name, I break the fear of man. In Jesus' name, I break the weight of expectations that we were never designed to carry. I release you from that in Jesus' name. I release you from those expectations. And I speak to your spirits right now. You are not the expectations that people have placed on you. You are not your list of things to do. You are not your schedule. Let us call in alignment in Jesus' name. Alignment in Jesus' name. That you would be aligned to the identity. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. You're a son. You're a daughter. That is who you are first and foremost. And I release alignment into your hearts right now in Jesus' name. We break the fear of man. We break the weight of expectations. And release total freedom. Total freedom. What does it look like for you? What does that look like for you? Lord, I pray that you would show us, open the eyes of our imagination, reveal unto us, even right now, this weekend, here in this moment, what freedom, what you say freedom looks like for us. What you say freedom looks like. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You may be seated. Keep praying as well. Don't don't stop. I can speak while you pray. Wasn't that good? Why don't we give Kristen a hand? All right. So we got half an hour left. Is that right? You finish at ten thirty. We break for ten thirty. Is that right? All right, so we've got half an hour left. I'm going to speak real quickly, shift gears now, talking about hearing the voice of God and the prophetic. Now, like I said last night, I know when it says hearing the voice of God, I said, well, uh, I know how to hear the voice of God. I believe, obviously, most Christians do. But there's, I think there's a level of freedom or a level of being able to hear, a, a, a dialogue, a flow that a lot of people in churches don't realize is accessible, that's available. And we teach this in our church, like I said, to around one to 200 people every year. We, through the courses and through our schools, we would normally do something like this, hearing the voice of God over three weeks. 
So it's, we're gonna, I'm going to give you the super short version, right, of, of that. And, and then we would then do two weeks on the prophetic and how to, to kind of activate that gift. So we're going to give you the super short version. I'm going to let you know some books and materials as well at the end that you can read yourself and unpack yourself uh, just to help. It's, this is just a teaser this morning, all right? So we're going to start here in John chapter 15. Who knows that Jesus is our model and reference point when it comes to our life in the Spirit? Walking in the gifts of the Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit. Jesus is our reference point. He came and He modeled how to do that. So John 5, 19, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. Get your head around that for a minute. Jesus can do nothing of Himself. Jesus, the Son of God, can do nothing of Himself. He was, he was in tune, in sync. His heart was in tune, in sync with the Father at all times. And He went about doing what He saw His Father doing. And He went about saying what he, His Father was saying. John 8, 38, I speak what I have seen with my Father. John 12, 49, For I do not speak of my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that His command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me. So here Jesus is a picture, a model of prophetic living. He was a visionary. He lived in this constant, uh, you know, visionary state, seeing and hearing what the Father was doing and saying. And so our assignment is to live as Jesus lived. Amen? Doing what we see our Father doing and saying what we see our Father saying. That is the core of ministry. More than that, well, I'm not saying ministry from a platform, right? I'm saying ministry as Christians. Who knows that we are all called to minister? Okay, so when I say ministry, please see, I'm not saying that we have to wait till you get up here to do that. No, no, no. It's like 2% of the Christian life. It's like ministry to our family. What do you have to say for my daughter? You know, who, what do you have to say for my son? You know, get that download for my kids. And I, I want to be connected to, to Father's heart. Because sometimes when I see my kids... I just see all the things that they're messing up in. I see their messy rooms and, uh, and their smelly rooms. And I see the towels that are left over. I want to get, get the Father's download for them so I can start speaking into their future, not just their now. So these things are written not just so that we know who Jesus is, but so that we know who we are. Whenever we see something about Jesus, it's not just, ah, oh, Jesus was like this. No, no, no. It's an invitation into who we're called to be. So when we see Jesus operating this way, it's an invitation into who we are and how we are to be. It's a model of prophetic living. So how does God speak to us? How does God speak to you? Well, it's relationship, right? So it's going to look different for everyone. How God speaks to me is not how He's going to speak to you. It's going to look different for everyone. Just like every relationship is different. Every marriage, every relationship is different. There's different dynamics. So it is the same when it comes to hearing the voice of God. So I, we, I can give you principles and I can give you, uh, you know, help you to recognize from Scripture some keys. But it's your job to explore with the Father heart of God what that looks like for you and how He communicates to you. Let me give one example of how He communicates to me. It took me a little while to recognize that this was God. Most mornings I wake up with a song on my heart. Most mornings I wake up with a song on my heart. I wasn't listening to it. Some, the majority of the time it's a song that I haven't listened to for ages and for, I just thought, well, this is just random. Why am I waking up with a song in my heart? Then I recognized it was God speaking to me. I recognized that this was God, that He was, this is so amazing how it works. It was just such an incredible revelation that while I was sleeping, God was putting an invitation on my heart, an invitation into worship. 
while, you know, so I wake up and I've got a song of worship on my heart. And it's a reminder that he wants to spend time with me and he's drawing me in. And so I get a lyric in my head and I go and I go, I either play that song or I Google it and I look up the lyrics because it's an invitation into his. Isn't God good? He just sets you up like that. And I, it's surprising to me how many people I talk to and say, yeah, that, that happens to me too. I, I didn't realize that was God. It is. It's an invitation. He's saying, hey, when you wake up, I've already planned a time with you. I already planned to give you a download and I'm drawing you in. He's, it's an invitation into his presence, into his heart. It's amazing. Who knows that right now, you've probably heard this illustration before, right now there is music playing in this room besides what Nat's playing. There's all, kind of, there's all kinds of music playing in this room that we can't hear because we don't have a built-in FM, AM tuner in our heads. And so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a familiar illustration that right now there is supernatural spiritual activity happening throughout this room. It is happening, but we're not necessarily tuned into it. And we get people that are gifted in feeling and they can walk into a room, they can feel oppression or they can feel, they can feel peace and they, and they understand what's happening in the spiritual realm. And, you know, I met a guy, uh, K.O. Mumby, crazy, crazy prophetic dude. And he's had to learn because he walks into a restaurant and he can pick up on, on, what people's, on what's going on in people's emotions and in their life. Just so keyed in to the spiritual realm. And, and, and he's had to learn how to, how to minister that and how to handle that, that gift. But that right now there is supernatural spiritual activity happening all around, which means that God is always speaking. And let me just encourage you with this. You are probably better at hearing the voice of God than you think you are. You are probably better than what you think you are. It's just that you haven't yet learned to tune in or recognize that it's actually God speaking. You think they're your thoughts. But they might just be God's. So let me just encourage you. You're probably doing better than what you think you are. Hebrews 1.1. So there's a couple of mindsets that help us tune in. This is one mindset that talks about in Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by a son. He has spoken to us by our son. So the Father sent His Son to communicate kingdom. We talked about that last night, about the importance of relation, of relation uh, relationships in the kingdom. Everything Jesus did was in the context of family. The Son relating to the Father. The Son revealing the Father. And it's the same with us. Brian Simmons, uh, we should get royalties for plugging him so much. He just has an incredible understanding of the Greek and Aramaic language and is able to unpack this so much. He says this, that we speak in English, God speaks in the language of Son. He speaks in the language of Jesus. And so it's, it's a lens that we come and approach God to help us hear the voice of God. If, we, if we're not approaching Him with the lens of sonship, then we're going to misinterpret or miss completely what it is that He's saying. So what would be the alternate uh, lens that a lot of us approach God when, we, when it comes to hearing His voice? It would be the lens of an orphan. The lens of someone who's, uh, you know, with the heart, I'm not good enough, which prevents us from coming boldly before the, th the throne of grace and, and, and entering, the no, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. Look what I've done this week. I don't belong. I'm not accepted. That's, that's an orphan lens. That's an orphan mindset that will prevent us from hearing the voice of God. So orphans live for acceptance rather than from acceptance. Orphans live for approval rather than from approval. They live for inheritance rather than from inheritance. And the story of the prodigal son is, the, is a beautiful picture of that. Not the prodigal son, but the older brother. Isn't it interesting, when I first grew up in church, I heard a lot about the prodigal. There's a shift. We're hearing a lot about the older son now. 
Why is that? Because the older son was an orphan. And God is breaking the orphan spirit and the orphan mindset and releasing and raising up sons and daughters. So there's a shift. We understand the prodigal and the story and the power of that. But now he's breaking off an orphan mindset. What happened? The older son spent so much time in the field and not in the presence of his father that he became an orphan. His image of the father became distorted. And so at the end of the story, he says, I've been working so hard and you've never done this for me. He returns. He's wasted in her. He returns. And, he's, and what does he say? So the father says, everything I have is yours. So there was a disconnect because he was spending so much time in the field, task, be like a ministry, doing what he was called to do, doing what he was supposed to be doing. But he didn't spend enough time with the father. And so there was a distortion of the image. He was approaching God, his father through this distorted orphan mindset. And he wasn't receiving from his father. Everything I have is yours. It's the difference between the lens of a sonship. So if we don't approach God, God will speak to us differently. But we don't have that lens of sonship, then we'll misinterpret what God is saying. The spirit comes. And what does he do? He cries out, Abba. Father. He comes into our life and he starts speaking the language of sonship right away, teaching us how to communicate and how to relate to our Father. How to, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so the Holy Spirit within us is teaching us the language of sonship, connecting us to our Father. It's one of the primary roles, like Christian unpacked there, of, of the Spirit in our life because everything starts, everything starts with how you see God. Everything starts with this one thought. Who is God for me? What is God really like? Everything flows from that revelation. When you approach God or how you approach God is not dependent from how He approaches you. Let me say it again. How you approach God is not dependent from how He approaches you. What does that mean? If you approach God with a mindset that He is angry, then that is how you will see Him. And that is how you will interpret what He says to you. How you approach God is not dependent from how He approaches you. And so we have to get a clear picture. We sang this morning, He is a good Father. Is that what we sang? You are good. You are good. You're a good, good Father. Having that lens that He is good, that He's not angry that He loves us, that He accepts us, that He draws near for us, to us, that He came looking for you. You will filter everything He says through that particular lens. So we have to make sure that our lens is the correct one. Often we go, when we come looking for, uh, to hear the voice of God, often we're looking for instruction. Okay, God, what do you want me to do today? What does it need to fix in my life? How do you want me to treat my wife? And we're looking for instruction. God doesn't want to communicate instruction. He wants to communicate His heart. There's a big difference. God's not looking to give you downloads for instructions. Of course, that includes that, and His Word is full of instruction. But more than that, He wants to communicate His heart. Can you understand? It's a different level, right? Don't, don't, don't go to God looking for instruction because He wants to communicate His heart. He wants to be known by His heart, by His personality. He doesn't want to be listened to as a boss or a leader. He is not your boss. He's your savior. He is your lover. He is your friend. He's a lover of your soul. He wants you to know his heart. That's why Jesus spoke in parables to conceal the meaning. Because in order to understand what the parables meant, 
we have to f- approach his heart. 